Hello and welcome to the Armored Man Podcast where we focus on being Christian men, how to grow in our faith, our strength, our brotherhood, and our community. We are your hosts, Michael and Evan. Uh, this episode's going to be a little different. Um, I wanted to talk about a story. Um, I was sitting down reading the other day uh, and came across a story here in my hometown. Um, a gentleman um, or a man here uh, was accused of murdering his 11-year-old daughter uh, during a mental episode a couple weeks ago. And it uh, it really hit home. Uh, didn't think of it about it at first, but uh, the eleven-year-old daughter was one of my son's classmates too. Uh, so I started thinking about it more, and I found myself not just praying for the daughter, uh, her sister that was also very injured. Uh, told police that uh, that her dad was having a bipolar episode, and. Turns out he's got bipolar and schizophrenia, and he uh, generally stayed away from his daughters, but uh, that day, for whatever reason, he thought he could handle them, and obviously couldn't. He um, ended up killing the 11-year-old, and the, and the 6-year-old got away, but very injured, um, so now he's in jail but i found myself praying not just for them but but for him as well and um i wanted to bring bring attention to that a long time ago my mom uh was a head administrator for mental health uh care facilities a series of buildings that um had inpatient um folks and and at one point there was a schizophrenia ward where they were locked up in the basement basically (laughs) like these people should not be outside (laughs) um and i i would stay down there with her from time to time and and schizophrenia is no joke and having a disease on top of it like bipolar uh, basically means that you're flipping through different episodes and uh when you're having an episode like you don't even know it and you feel fine but uh you're obviously not like you can you could legitimately think you're Superman, right? And you wouldn't know any different. Like, you would feel, and nobody could tell you any different. Like, you would be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. N- and nothing seems out of the normal. Um, whereas everybody else around you would be telling you that you're freaking nuts, dude. Like, <laughs> you, there's something wrong with you, and, and you won't believe it. Like, you will get angry that everybody's telling you this and and you have no reason to think otherwise. So, um, it is, it's a tragedy not only to have, you know, the, this girl killed and I don't want to downplay that by any means. Um, that part alone is a tragedy that we should talk about. But I think in our community, um, we have an uptick of mental illnesses um and them being a problem in our community right the uh, schizophrenic bipolar people honestly shouldn't be out on the street they should not be out there um if they if they know that they're schizophrenic they know they're bipolar they should be 
I mean, they could be in our community, right? I'm not saying that every one of them should be locked up because they, you know, didn't do anything wrong. But they should be watched. There should be somebody accountable for them, right? We have that program for other people, for other for other types of people. Why can't we have it for for them too? Um, yeah, thank you for um, talking about this with me. Absolutely, and just just kind of studying it in the Bible and everything. And, um, yeah, there's, it's a, it's a becoming more and more common mm-hmm. these days with people who have mental illnesses and, and, uh, you know, this person dealing with actual episodes. And you said that, um, he even tried to stay away from his kids and certain people. So he knew that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you looked into the the story too much, but was he was he on medication? I didn't say if he was taking his medication or not, but if he um, is if he is uh, diagnosed bipolar or schizophrenic, there is a series of medication that comes with that. Right. Yeah. If it's if it's truly diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, anyone could go on YouTube and and look up what it's like to be schizophrenic. They they have a a video of uh, in the eyes the point of view. Mm-hmm of that person and it's uh you, yeah you you think you're normal and everything but you see things you hear things and you can't control it um that's that's really tough so as as christians how do we look at this and how do we deal with this that's that's a tough one because we got to look at this story and you say you don't want to downplay it um this family lost a girl and lost this man yeah I mean, technically, he, he's in jail, yeah. right? He, mm-hmm. he got arrested, and he's in jail, and now he's going to court. So the family actually lost two people. And this other girl, the sister, who did survive, is now going to grow up with not a father there. Not just that. She's going to grow up with the memory of what happened. Like She's never going to be the same. She was, how old was she? Six. Six, yeah. She's, yeah, she remembers that, yeah. She will never be the same again. Yeah. And even if he gets out of the the legal implications by reason of mental illness or otherwise, whatever, I don't know the actual term, but, um, you know, he, he gets deemed insane and not accountable mm-hmm. for his actions, right? And has to go to a psych ward as opposed to jail, you know, that situation. Um, he's still got to live with it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, but at that point, bipolar and schizophrenic, do you comprehend it or do you, is it, is it like Alzheimer's where you do have your little episodes of coming back to reality? Yeah. Well, uh, so I've known both ways. There's a, there's a lot of bipolar people that, um, that claim that they don't remember what they, what they did. They blacked out or something. Yeah. And you know, maybe this guy had that. Um, but at the same time, like, that's your memory too. So after a while, those memories start bleeding through. Um, it happens with like the multiple personality disorders, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like those memories start bleeding through. Yeah, but um, then uh, your memories get distorted too. Yeah, with all this uh, thinking. Yeah, these supposedly voices are you know saying exactly false information. And then you start to believe it, and then and you don't know which ones are true and which ones aren't. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a tough situation. Um, my, my question is, who, 
before this, was he getting any help? I mean, if you're diagnosed, I mean, isn't it required that you... No. It's not required. No. So you just diagnose, and they're like, all right, have a good one. Yep. You don't have to show up anywhere. You don't have to check mm-hmm. in anywhere. Um, like a long time ago, they, they did require... They had a lot of state-funded um, hospitals and wards and places for you to check in and all that good stuff. And if you didn't, they would come find you and check you in and have you sit there for a yeah. week or two and all that good stuff, straighten you back out. But uh, not anymore. Uh, our government cut all the funding from just about every state. I don't know of any state that still has uh, these mental health care facilities anymore. Um, they took all of the private sector down in Washington State. That's how I know about it. Um, yeah, my mom was running like five, six different homes. Hmm. There was hundreds of people throughout those homes. Every one of them got put out on the street. Yeah. Like they didn't come pick them up and move them around and take them to state places. Mm-hmm. No, they just kicked them out on the street. And then they'll probably but, commit crimes and stuff. Oh yeah, 100%. And, yeah. Like even living there in those homes, they were already getting in trouble on a regular yeah. basis because they didn't know any better. Right. Uh, most of them were actually, you know, pretty far along uh, in this whole thing and, and really didn't know any better. Like, their idea was, of fun was sitting on a bus all day. Like, they would yeah. pay their dollar fifty and, and sit on a bus all day and be taken around everywhere. Um, but, like, yeah, this guy, I mean, he was living a regular life. Um, oh, man. There was three kids in the house, apparently. Mm. I missed that one. Uh, the six-year-old, the one that got away, uh, had to grab the 18-month-old oh, sibling uh, and ran to a neighbor's house for help. That's how, that's how she so, got away. So he's, he's diagnosed with yeah. these two illnesses, and he's not getting professional help. Um, that, that is clear onto this, right. uh, this news article. What about friends? Is anyone aware that he's dealing with this and trying to help him uh, <laughs> deal with it? You know, I mean, how how many people are dealing with certain things, not talking about it because obviously no one wants to talk about that they had an episode and whatever. Uh, so I can't speak. <laughs> I can't speak to this in particular person. But I have been friends with people that were bipolar and schizophrenia and mm-hmm. whatnot. And, uh, they tend over time to push people away. Mm-hmm. Um, my having a history with it, I you know would go to them and be like, "Hey, dude, you are not acting straight. You need to be. You need to check yourself. You need mm-hmm. to apologize to your wife or whatever the situation was." And um, you know, most of the time he'd be like, "Okay, okay, okay," but there was. Um, we, we fell out of friendship, uh, if you will, uh, because he had a series of months where it just got bad. And then uh, finally his wife actually came to stay with us. Um, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And finally he threatened to run over my kids. Oh, and wow. I was just like, no, wow. you should have kept my kids out of it. They had nothing to do with it. Uh, and being schizophrenic, I don't know if he would have done it or not. 
Uh, so of course I called the police and all that good stuff. But my main concern in that was for them to check in on him and check him in. Like he was not yeah. right. He needed to be checked in. He needed to take his meds. He needed to go through a transition to come down from whatever he was doing in his, in his mind. Right. Um, so that he can come back to society and the police had, how did she put it? She had no authority to do anything because he didn't do anything wrong yet. Mm. Well, I mean, if he threatened your turn up your kids, that's actually a not a, a, illegal. How's that not illegal? You threatened to he, harm somebody. He didn't do it. No, that still doesn't make any sense. That's still a what is it? A terrorist. <laughs> uh, that's exactly uh, right. I was so angry when I figured that part out. They had no authority to do anything because he hadn't done anything yet. Mm. He actually has to do something wrong for them to take action on it. And that's the society that we're in. Like, that's that's why we have so many issues. That even with the mental health, um, and, and a lot of people blame mental health for a lot of these situations that we have. The school shootings, right. the bombings, um, the the racism stuff the the you know white on black crime all these things like the second they get caught oh he was mentally ill he was doing this he was bipolar he was well just so they don't go to jail they go to that institute that you were talking about yeah but like how many of those are real right right and a lot of them have a history of these. A lot of them went to therapists. A lot of these people, black and white, it doesn't matter what color they are, they have a history. Or their friends, like, I always knew he was a weird kid. He was always in trouble, this, that, and the other thing. How many of those people would have was crying out for help, right? Mm-hmm. Had they have been, and, and I hope this is the case, had they have been uh, in the church, um, could we have helped him? You know, I know as a society, if the police department can't do anything until he does something wrong, mm-hmm. it's too late by that point. As a church, could is there something we can do? Like Jesus did stuff, right? So that's where the church kind of kind of fails, right? I mean, if the church actually did its job, no one would be in need. But obviously, there's this huge need in everyone's life, especially with these people who have mental illnesses before they commit crimes or do something horrific, um, suicide, whatever that is. Um, the church has the opportunity to help and not the church as in, you know, a pastor, right. To talk to him because the church is, is everyone who believes. Now, if somebody walked in, super bipolar, acts up, you know, it's it's a serious thing. Uh, how many people are willing to help? Maybe a couple. But then when it gets hard, mm-hmm. they stop. You know, and not saying that's totally wrong because it's also on the other person to try to find help too. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's the dilemma where a lot of people are like, ooh been there done that i'm not getting into it you know or people who've never done it like hey let me let me let me help you out let's meet up let's have devotionals and stuff like that and 
Um, it just never really pans out for a long term, uh, especially since people aren't professional on trying to help somebody in that case. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I it's, mean, it, it takes a it takes an educated um, professional to to handle those types of situations because right. I mean, there's no amount of life experiences that can prepare you for that. Yeah, like, there's so many different twists and turns that those situations but I, I understand too why people would look the other way or turn the other way and walk away from this opportunity just because it's, you're, you're trying to protect your family you're trying to protect yourself some people are too lazy you know that's that's mm-hmm. a real thing too people don't are aren't active in their faith mm-hmm. to do that but it is a big job to help somebody who has this huge mental illness if it's a real diagnosis, right? Like you were talking about, there's there's people who uh, like to throw that out after doing something and acting up. They're like, oh, I'm just, you know, bipolar or whatever. I, I actually had a friend that was like that too. I, I grew up with this person and um, we did our we did our thing, you know, commit crimes, whatever. We, we, we got an apartment together. We were, we were friends for 10, 10 plus years. And um, after a while... He starts saying that he has bipolar, not diagnosed. He, he would just say that. And he would act up with his girlfriend or, or wife, whatever she was at the time. Um, and he would say, well, that's because I'm bipolar. We had a huge fight and I started punching walls and all this other stuff. And, and I kind of, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think you've ever had bipolar growing up, like, that's never came well, across. So are, is this an unchecked behavior? Somebody has not checked you and told you that is wrong. This is how a man should be, you know? Yeah. Is is that a common thing that people just say, oh, I have it. Oh, yeah. You know? Especially these days because, uh, you know, the WebMD and all that good stuff. You start Googling your, your symptoms and all that good hey, stuff. And it, if you're like me and you Google stuff like that, then you start to have those symptoms. You're yeah, like, you know what? No all doubt. of a sudden, <clears throat> man, my throat hurts. Right? Yeah, you're right. Man, I got the sniffles today. Let me Google that. Oh, um, man, I got cancer. Yep. Like, no, dude. Stop. I'm not going to lie. That is, that is me <laughs> sometimes when I get a sore throat, look it up. But yeah, you know, but yeah you're right. This, this, it's, it is. So is it a trend right now that people are like, you know what? People get more attention if they have a mental illness. Yeah. That, that's what I'm, a lot of the times that's what I think. Like, it's the easy way out. It's the, it's the easy excuse. Cause I mean, a lot of the, the, the diseases are, uh, undiagnosable like you can't prove them wrong right um, and if so you go to a doctor the doctor is not diagnosing you are diagnosing yourself and the doctor is like oh okay that's right. how it is exactly especially yeah. if you know the symptoms like if you go online and you start looking through the symptoms and um, you know a good liar can pass like you know, they're they're actors basically right um, and you do it for so long in the community and you do uh, something wrong like this guy. Um, and I'm not saying this guy's faking it. I, it doesn't really matter to me if he's faking it or not. It's not my place to judge that. I'm still going to pray for him. Um, but, like, let's say he did fake it, uh, but he's been living his whole life with this idea that he was bipolar and uh, looking up all the symptoms and all that good stuff and kind of playing that part. 
as soon as he gets in front of a psychiatrist, you know, their job is to, you know, tell. Right, right. But if you've been playing the part your entire life and it's a part of who you are now. Yeah, because they have a series of tests. And if you already know those tests and how to act in order to pass or fail, yeah. I don't know, you know what it is. But um, then then that's how they deem you. They're yeah. like, okay, you went through these tests and yet you got the symptoms. So mm-hmm. therefore, yeah, you do have it. See, I, I had a, a grandma. She had dementia. Was, this one was diagnosed. She had dementia. She didn't even know where she was she was at half the time yeah she would call me my cousin's name you know she she didn't know who i was um in her her late days and so, and so she passed and then she had two daughters which one is my mom and my aunt well both of them are so concerned on not acting the way she acted that they starting to act the way that she acts that's, I get this. I get these text messages from my mom sometimes. She's like, "Man, I just hopefully I'm not like grandma, you know." And I'm like, "Well, you're so concerned on not acting that way that you're actually acting that way." Oh yeah. You know, I don't know if this is like a a reverse psychology type thing where you're so you're so focused on it that you actually become that. Hundred percent. It. So like like yeah. let's just come up with something like a, a Tourette's, you mm-hmm. know. You, you, you pretend that you had Tourette's for a period of time. At some point, you actually do be, have that habit. Yeah. You know? But it's, it's, it, the thing is, it's not the disease. It's the habit. Right. right. And the habit could just it be just as bad. I mean, in, in the case of something like Tourette's, like... It, there's nothing... It, it's even worse, right? Because there's nothing you can do for Tourette's and, right. and um, I believe there's some medication to somewhat diet down but it, yeah, it's still always there the Tourette's that we know today um, from like movies and whatnot it's just like the randomly you, you know you scream out a word or something and, and um, usually a swear word or something like that right um, that's not actually <laughs> what Tourette's is right uh, that's a kind of a part of it but um, I did know a gentleman that did have Tourette's and he had neck braces and all kinds of things because a part of it yeah. was sudden impulses of movement and all that muscle stuff. spasms. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, um, you could really every few seconds he would like throw his head back, mm-hmm. um, out of, out of Tourette's like it was a thing and it was so hard to, to watch that a lot of the time. Uh, cause I, you know, being around mental health, I got a real soft spot for everyone and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, I befriended him and was around him a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's bad. Like mm-hmm. if you're a friend of somebody like that, like you have to be prepared and you have to go through this whole thing and, and you know what to do in case of an emergency, if you're the only one with them and yeah, like all kinds of stuff. So, um, I mean the same thing with this bipolar stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they legitimately have bipolar and they're diagnosed, they usually have like a medical card. And um, when they're being checked by the police officers, let's say in an ideal situation, they're pulled over or they get caught in a store doing something bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, they search the person, grab their ID, look at their their identification where they would see like this person should be checked into a hospital if you find them 
um, instead of taking them to jail, treat them with respect, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like this, this is a legitimate card that they have and carry with them when mm-hmm. right next to their ID. Um, I've seen it. <laughs> uh, it usually doesn't get that far. Yeah. Usually right, the yeah. police officer, um, either they're being tased or they're being shot, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it goes both ways and it's, really sad that that's why i'm asking like what can we really do to help these people like obviously the police department isn't the answer to that it's not their job right. to yeah. check mental illnesses and whatnot um so i'm not asking for help there but like as a as a society we have shunned them away and now have made them popular right right yeah it is such a popular thing to be an outcast in today's world um now we don't know who actually is diagnosed and who's not um and and it's a fad like it's it's cool to have a mental illness almost and it's it's really bad but yeah the people that do what can we do for them that's uh, i think it's really on the rise too with this next generation, um, I, I don't know what's so popular about it. I don't know if if the if the youth thinks you know I'm going to get more attention mm-hmm. if if I claim that I have something. Um, rather, you know, if it's true, then it's it's true and whatever. But I, I just, what would be the reason why people would want that? I'm, I don't know. I'm confused. I have no idea. I mean, I, I legitimately have some some issues, um, anxiety, uh, depression, and some other things. It's not it's not exciting. Yeah, <laughs> like it's one hundred percent not exciting. I don't know why some of these kids and whatnot. Like, you know, maybe it's the drugs. Like anxiety, you get uh, you know certain certain drugs that kind of keep you awake and kind of fun sometimes if you're, Mm -hmm. if you don't have anxiety, um, depression, it, you know, gives you a reason to be emo and gives you an attitude or whatever. And you're like, Oh, world sucks. Everybody sucks. (laughs) And everybody, you know, that style thing. And, you know, of course the natural response to that is, Oh, you're so beautiful. You're awesome. You're cool. So you get all this, flattery thrown towards you that could be a thing i i don't know i don't know it's definitely not a good mental state to be in that's for sure yeah i'm i mean i'm looking at statistics and they're on the rise with depression anxiety is the is the two major ones with with youth Mm -hmm. um i know we we did a lot of evangelism in, in huddle my wife um with with the youth specifically the high school kids and especially with girls lots of anxiety and you know, lots mm-hmm. of depression it's almost like everybody had it um i don't know if it's a trend i don't know if it's a it's a real it's thing they beat themselves up verbally all the time <laughs> but then and then where does that stem from you know and how how many this, this is the question i'm really curious how many of these kids or young adults who are dealing with mental illness 
had both parents in the household the whole time not not divorced rather it's stepdad yeah. you know the statistics might be a little bit higher but with with the biological parents in the household and then also active i mean that i feel like that's got to be low because now now yeah. you're not questioning certain things you, you you're not in fear as much you know i I'd, I'd almost go as far as to say that that one doesn't matter um you a think lot so? of the a lot of the kids that i know that claim that they have anxiety and or depression both kids are or both parents are in the home and active i mean we know them personally the uh yeah it's, they, they, it's out yeah. there i mean but are, are how about are they active in their kids' lives, are they going to sports? Are they yeah, playing in, in with the them? cases They're... that I know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Like it, I I legitimately think it is a problem. I don't know where it's stemming from. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, there are going to be cases where the the family is not there, or not together, and whatnot. But I don't I don't think that's the problem. I think that's going to be more along the lines of the anchor and bullies when when the the families aren't together. Hmm. But uh, the like the the emo bit, being all depressed and whatnot, like I think that's more. Like our, our kids are so mean to each other, like. Yeah, especially with you know, that's that doesn't matter. TikTok, about yeah, that's Instagram. That's just the kids, it's just they want to be popular, so they got to put down other people in yeah. order to be this popular person. Yeah, hundred percent. And it doesn't matter if your family's around, like those kids are going to beat up on you still. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, so I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, even still, like it, it, anxiety itself, it, and isn't marijuana one of the prescribed methods of anxiety? Yes. Uh, of of the, the states that are legal. Yeah. 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 That's one of the most popular ones. So I can see that being like a a reason to glorify it. Like I have anxiety, I'm going to get my green card. But and and you can't really truly diagnose it either. Anxiety. Yeah. Like it's a feeling almost, right? Right. So if you have an uncontrollable anxious feeling, that's that's when you get diagnosed anxiety. You can't, there's no like mental test for Right. That. So you could just go to these doctors and say, I had a panic attack, you know, yeah. recently. And they're like, oh, okay, then yeah, you have anxiety. All right, yeah. here you go. Here's the prescription. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. It's it's getting very, very popular with the kids. Now, the, the adults that deal with this, I mean, how old was this guy? This guy was like, what, in his 30s, 40s? Yes, let me scroll back up to it. A thirty-seven. So he's thirty-seven. So mm-hmm. he. This is after you know social media being very popular. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know him? I mean, what about his parents? I mean, I I truly think you know, yeah, the father I, and the mother biologically in the household does make a big difference. Yes, I'm not saying that totally wipes everything away, but having that good of a home does make all those statistics go down a lot. Yeah. If he had, I mean, our whole family structure in today's world is a little distant 
right? I, I really, I, I watch old TV shows and all that good stuff, and there's grandparents that live in the house and all that kind of stuff. Like, these families are living down the street from each other. Like, that, to me, screams family, right? Mm. In today's world, like, we can't get far enough away from our families. Like, my... my <laughs> My parents are like 3,000 miles away from us. Uh, 13-hour drive, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we go and visit them all the time. I love my parents. I wish I lived next door to them. Uh, I lived with them for a long time in my, in my 20s and whatnot. Um, but, like, why isn't more families in that old-school kind of way of thinking, like, See that's 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 the Being that's the thing that I've been with each other. That's what I've been studying a lot lately, and and it's because our I don't want to get too far into this subject because I feel like it's almost another subject. But um, our society has made it to where if you are a single parent, you will get extra benefits. Oh, Therefore, yeah. I, I even had it my my brother right so in and out of prison, in and out of juvenile detentions, all this stuff. He got married right after prison, his six-year mm-hmm. deal. Then I finally got reconnected with him. He got married or whatever. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to divorce my wife because she's pregnant. I want to divorce her so she can get on welfare. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at the time I didn't think about it. But now it's like it's, it's, it's this thing where you get extra benefits. You can still live together. You still have this relationship. But you, now you got extra benefits. And that just turns into this whole other stuff down the road. And so yeah. less and less people are getting married now. Yeah. Statistically, uh, the younger generation is not looking for kids and, and marriage these days. Mm-hmm. So I found, I found this statistic here. Uh, 85% of all tra- children which exhibit some type of behavior disorder come from a fatherless home per U.S. Department of Justice. What was the number? 85% who 85%. exhibit some type of behavior issue come from a fatherless That's family. so broad. Some yeah, I mean, that could be behavior. anything, right? Would anxiety be a part of that? It's a disorder. Yeah. Right? I think I'm pretty mean, sure yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Or how about um, 90% like of youth... And- in the United States who decide to run away from home come from a fatherless background. Oh 63% gosh. of youth suicides involve a child who are living with a fatherless home when they made their final decision. U.S. Department of Justice. I mean, that, I mean that's, to me, that's suicide. You, you're dealing with depression, probably anxiety, probably couple of things but nothing like schizophrenia or anything like that yeah what this guy was going through but i mean if that isn't a mixed testament to uh us as men needing to nurture and be there for our families i don't know what it is like on one side of this story we have the protector of the family harming to very young innocent children killing one of them Mm. and then on the other side we have kids dying killing themselves because the father's not around right 
So what kind of upbringing a, did he have? That's if that's not a testament that we need to start nurturing our kids a lot better. So and what, being better men as a community, I don't know what is. What made you started praying for this guy, like for him specifically, not for the family? Because everyone says, you know, I want to pray for the family, you know, but specifically for him, that was on your heart. Yeah. It. I mean, I have two children, and one of them was this kid's classmate. Like literally, they they took the same classes. They had the same teachers in the same school. Mm. Like they they were classmates. And hearing that he killed her, like as a father, I can't imagine waking up and being told you just killed your kid. I. I can't even fathom the feeling of of that situation. Yeah. And I mean, it starts out like this. Typically, a little bit of background on what happens here in, in my home. Um, like typically when we see mental health stories and, and murders and all that good stuff, the people that get uh like in the first few words mental episodes and all that good stuff usually they turn out to be white in this case the person's black so um logistically speaking it's more likely to be true if they're of color because they don't usually point the finger towards mental illness with people of color Hmm. usually um I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I have a mixed family, so we pay attention to race a lot in the house Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. Um, But when when I saw this, I I immediately jumped to, man, this is is my kid's friend. And I know this guy. Like, I've met this guy. Wasn't the greatest person, but it wasn't one of the bad guys like he didn't give off a bad vibe i just didn't like him (laughs) (laughs) he didn't give off that that friendly vibe that i wanted either right um but he was always there he was always around he was the he dropped off his kids at school all that good stuff like he didn't seem like a a bad parent you know what i mean yeah and like he, it even says, you know, he tried to stay away from his daughters due to his his situation, and that to me says he knew he had this situation. Yeah, for sure. He had kind of a grasp on it and all that good stuff, and um, thought he had a handle on it, and had an episode, like legitimately, as the story says. And um, in those episodes, like when they happen, you it, it's almost like waking up, and like waking up from my dreams because I have um, because of my issues I have a a lot of very terrible dreams Um, and when I wake up from my bad dreams usually it's about my kids being hurt and all that good stuff Mm. and like I know they're still there I can't imagine being told that they're not yeah like so it it hit me pretty hard and I just started praying praying just nonstop for him ever since um, and then his family around him, like he's never, they're never going to accept him back. Oh, yeah. That's, that'd be a miracle if they did. Yeah. He's, he's now outcasted. There's yeah. no way they're going to exile him. He's never going to be around kids again. 
Yeah. He's never going to be trusted with his his own family. Mm-hmm. What is, what, what is he worth now? Like, yeah. he's got nowhere to go. I'm sure he's aware. I mean, schizophrenia, you're not totally yeah, in your own mind, but you, you still have these thoughts, and somebody's talking to you, but you also yeah. see things, too. Mm-hmm. But you're still aware of somewhat reality. So you probably no. do know. No, no. When, when, you, when, when you have schizophrenia involved on top of it, you absolutely have no idea what reality is. So, so you're saying that he doesn't even know he killed his kids. That's right. He's literally going to wake up from this dream not knowing what happened. And like when you wake up from your dreams, you don't know what happened mm-hmm. in your dream, right? Um, you just know that you dream. Sometimes you get a little bit of a glimpse from it, right? That's exactly how it mm. is. He's going to wake up from this and be told what happened. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was... And be outcasted for it. My my first time in jail, went to this trustee program where you get, you know, uh, when you go to court, you know, it looks yeah. a lot better or whatever. So we had to watch other inmates. And this specific week, we're looking at uh, these felons who are on like committed murder they're on like some serious charges yeah and this guy is like all over the news and he was there and uh he killed his four-year-old son and he apparently put a knee on his back or something like that and he couldn't breathe so he he died um and he was claiming in jail that you know he didn't do it stuff like that but i can't imagine like this guy supposedly had no issues he seemed totally Mm -hmm. coherent it was there, and he's very calm, so he wasn't displaying anything wrong with him. Of course, I don't know, but uh, for him to be calm and just say, I, I didn't do it, you know, like, your your son's dead. No matter, no yeah. matter if, you, if you didn't do it, shouldn't you be totally upset? And, I would be ripped you know, apart. You know, now, now I'm a, uh, a father, a recent father, you know, yeah. and uh, I had my first dream too you know you get those dreams like mm-hmm. you were talking about i had my first one the other night you know now now i'm kind of somewhat seeing like it wasn't totally yeah. bad but uh i'm starting to see like there is some type of yeah father protection there at all all times mm-hmm. so uh, for him to be nonchalant be like yeah i didn't do it like, eh, i think he did since mm-hmm. you're so calm about it that doesn't make any sense maybe to me there's something missing there and maybe he did have bipolar too because that's something that could happen with it like i don't know i didn't do it asriel did right right um, so get this uh the majority of children and teens who have a behavior disorder 85 percent also said fatherless homes I think I said that says yeah, yeah, you did. But a behavior disorder—that's a new phrase, though. I mean, yeah, that's eighty-five percent. That's that's what is that? That is ADD. That is ADHD. That's the, the almost anxieties. nine nine out of ten that's kids. The, yeah, that will will say fatherless homes. I mean, that's got to be totally related to fathers being in the household. How, yeah, I mean, obviously. So. What are fathers doing? What what's what's the significance of fathers in the home? 
I, I really don't want to say it, but I, I believe it's punishment. For sure it is. <laughs> For sure it is. And I think that's going back to people acting up and, yeah. and, and it's left unchecked. So tying this back to the Bible and whatnot, like we see Jesus healing mental health and all that good stuff. So that tells me we're supposed to be doing something. There's demons. He's healed people from, from these demons. Right. But I mean, even like regular diseases and whatnot too. Like they're not, they may not be mental disorders, but I mean, if he was here today with all these mental disorders, I'm sure it would be that story too. Right. Oh, you have schizophrenia. Boom. Poof. You're, you're good. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's Jesus' style. Right. He goes to the people that need him and the people that are there and worship. Who need a doctor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, uh, on the other side of that, like we're, we as fathers are supposed to lead the family spiritually and be for lack of better words, like God, like a in-house, um, leader Mm -hmm. for our homes. Like, Jesus was for us when he was there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole godlike scenario and he created us in his image, all that good stuff. Like we we are supposed to try to uphold the greatness that is him. Um at least that's how I read that, right? Like he created us in his image. It's our job to be as like him as we could, right? Mm-hmm. As we can. Um, as Christians, that's what you try to strive for. Yeah. Right. If we're not here in the family, that sense of good isn't there. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 also going to marriage, too. I mean, how many marriages fail in the church? I think it's more than the rest of the world, the secular world. Mm-hmm. I believe it's even more so. We're just dipping out. I want to talk about this. Four statistics of involved fathers. Okay. Number three was that guidance and discipline. So number one, they have a healthy relationship with their children's mother. Of an involved father, that's a characteristic. Yeah, yeah. Two, they support their children emotionally and financially. Another statistic was that it, from fatherless homes more statistically be in poverty right so okay for, i mean obviously you know you got double income now yeah mo- most likely uh they provide appropriate guidance and discipline number three four they maintain a positive presence in their children's lives i mean if you got a mother who's doing it solo yeah she's probably just working just trying to make ends meet and not really mm-hmm. there in the kids mm-hmm. lives and and if a mother is doing that both bless her oh, heart. She she's probably exhausted. Yeah, after a period of time. So five ways fatherly love benefit children's mental health. One helps kids develop a sense of belonging in a larger world. I can see that. I constantly try to guide my son into and my daughter both to like. This is how you figure yourself out. This is how mm-hmm. you don't be approached by bullies. And this is how you deal with that. This is how you cope with that. Like, it's part of my job as a dad. Like, yeah. these kids are going to tease you. This is how you deal with it. Yeah. This is how a man treats. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with your daughter. This is how a man treats a woman. You know, yeah. this is how I want to treat you. And, you know, I want to I walk you through with that. Yeah. As a son, you're like, hey, 
this is how a man acts mm-hmm. like bulk up you know this is how you handle cer- certain situations yeah and like you were talking about the discipline too you know with these with these rich kids you know their parents aren't involved or whatever and they become this uh yeah. spoiled brat you know i think there was a a kid that killed four people in a car wreck a couple of years ago and he mm-hmm. was totally rich and he was i think court kind of dismissed it as he was too rich he didn't understand mm-hmm. you know eventually like he fled to mexico with his mother yeah. or something like that anyway but it's like one of my wife's favorite stories of white entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's crazy, you know, and how to see this huge influence on parents and, and active parents, mm-hmm. not just parents who, who are totally absent. That is, that is not in these statistics. So it's, it's a huge thing. Uh, two promotes social, emotional, and cognitive development. I mean, for sure, right? I yeah. mean, that's the whole point of you teaching your kids. Yeah. Like, this is how we handle things. This is how we yeah. handle things. You want to be a content creator? This is how we do it. Pop them into you know servers and stuff with me, with hundreds of other people. This is how you handle yourself. This yeah. is how you respond when they say hi. All that good stuff. Yeah. There's another one I I saw today was that. Uh, you get your kids to a restaurant and they're like, all right, you tell the waiter what you want. Yeah. And they get all, you know, and you're teaching them how mm-hmm. to have a conversation. You're teaching them to say, Hey, this is what you want. Yeah. You know, and, and do it correctly and all this stuff. This is how you talk. So it's huge. I'm going to guess number three. Okay. Uh, this is mental health list. Never mind. I ain't got number three. I was going to say so financial five ways. Fatherly love benefits children's mental health. Yeah. Number three, decreases chances of behavior problems or substance abuse. Ooh, I probably could have called that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, substance abuse, I mean, if, if, if you're getting into, like, heroin, you're getting some, like, some major drugs here. Yeah. It messes up your brain. It distorts reality. It, I mean, people will go down that road of not knowing what reality is right after a while you know that's that's a huge thing yeah um yeah substance abuse is an absolute problem especially with the homeless how many homeless are are mentally ill right because of substance abuse that's so easily found there you know i i can absolutely i mean i did my fair share of substance uh, abusing substances um and i did have a father uh in the house, but I active. Mean, he wasn't as active as I would have liked him to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll be nice. Uh, he wasn't as active as I'd liked him to be. He was he was raised, uh, you know, he was an army guy. He he. I should have been able to do a lot myself and all that good stuff. And his, he never believed half of what I said. And the other half of the time he was punishing me for something my sister did and you know that sort of thing um but i mean with that set like i i feared it was a refrigeration stuff um i feared his wrath Mm -hmm. like when i did come home uh intoxicated on whatever it was um i i feared that he would catch me Mm-hmm. Um, and if that fear wasn't there, I probably would have done more than I did. 
So that you know fear I mean? is there because he's probably done it before, right? Has he has he caught you before? <laughs> uh, real talk. Uh, whenever he thought I was high, I wasn't. And when I was, he thought yes. I was sober. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so he was never actually able to catch me. But he did at some points uh, find... Like I have, I've worn glasses all my life. I had like glasses cases. That's where I kept uh, some of the paraphernalia Mm -hmm. and there'd be leafy materials in there and whatnot. And he knew exactly what it was because we've, you know, he's been around it. He's not, he's not ignorant. We smell it too. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, So like he knew it was there. He knew I was doing it. He just couldn't catch me with it. Yeah. Um, I've had the same, same thing. My mom was like, Hey, you, you stole my my whatever pills at the time and it's like actually this is the time i didn't yeah it was weird because all the other like couple months ago i did just not this prescription sorry yeah caught the wrong person maybe no. dropped it under the sink or something not this time yeah <laughs> i mean i i don't want to make light of it or, or make fun of it and and say that you know try it and get away with it but um no. yeah definitely don't go down that road but i mean my my points there like if he wasn't around and and i was doing it regardless of my fear of him if he wasn't around i can't imagine the things i would have done right like probably it would totally out of control way worse than what i was doing and some of the stuff i was doing was pretty bad it wasn't it wasn't just marijuana I if mean, you want to find find out go to his testimony yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a nice little plug there. Uh, I'll have to make sure that they get up soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Man. Because that's, that, that's directly linked to it. How many homeless people, you know, who do drugs come from a fatherless family yeah. or, or a, a parent that's not there? And some of them drugs will make you nuts. Uh, yeah. You, you don't for, even know I reality. Mean, even I was, I was doing meth for a little while. Yeah. And I just... Oh. I didn't understand that, like, because because when you do meth, I was I was um, doing it in a certain way, but I was I was hiding myself when I was doing it. But then after a while, I didn't understand that I was in public, right? I just I was so out of my mind. All I knew was my mind was in a fog. All I knew is what's right in front of me is right in front of where I could think. Right. Anything else, I could not think. And so I didn't know I was in public when I started doing this stuff, doing the drugs. And after a while, I was like, I'm out here, out in the open, doing stupid things, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're just not in the right mind. Now, I was only doing it for just, you know, a certain period of time. Think about for years. You won't even know anything. You probably start talking to yourself because you're trying to answer yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... It ruins marriages. It, yeah, my uh, my first wife and I was uh, that's the cause of our divorce. Mm. She would not stop meth. Meth. Yeah. Uh, she was always chasing it, always yeah. lying, always cheating. I mean, going back to stuff. being a, a teenager and stuff. If you start doing this stuff, like you were saying, you were scared of your father's wrath. Oh yeah, and that's a real thing, right? Because fathers, they will. Mm, that will hit you. Even even if they don't, like the idea of your father being disappointed. Mm. That I didn't have that. 
I I know, but um, <laughs> like it, it's a real thing. Like it's worse than any punishment you could possibly get, especially if they don't punish you, mm. and you know they're disappointed in you. Like hit me, Dad. Like <laughs> like it is so bad, and it makes you feel so horrible with yourself. Like you know you done messed up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, so having, having that fear there as a, as a check, like I didn't want to go home most nights when I was high cause I didn't want him to know. Right. You'd rather stay out late than yeah. you know I mean, that you've been intoxicated the whole night. Exactly. Yeah. And if that was there, I can imagine some of these other kids that don't have a dad there that, you know, they don't have anything to fear. Like. Sure, I'll try marijuana. It's not like anybody cares. Sure, now that I'm high on marijuana, you can get me to do some coke. Yeah. Sure, now that I'm right. high on coke, let's go do some other stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, there's no nothing to fear. Yeah, and in my brother's case, it was actually the father introducing all that. Yeah. Stuff. So. You That's know, the, even the, worse. Yeah. Now, now he doesn't even know what's right and wrong because now his dad was, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're your own person. You know, and you're like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want. Sounds good. I you can't know, imagine. Thanks. Don't even know what's right and wrong. How about how about number four? Five ways fatherly love benefits children's mental health. Number four increases likelihood of doing well in school. <laughs> yeah, that's. I could see that. That but goes I, to that disappointment thing I was talking about. That's that's for sure a real thing. And I also know some people who grew up without a father and you know going back to the statistics you, you're going to be in poverty mm-hmm. so there's some people who are like no i'm going to get out of here you know and, and yeah. do extremely well and get scholar and, and try to try to do that but how many people who don't is probably a lot more so i could definitely see um fathers influencing their children to do a lot more and the statistic i've i heard recently too is the ethnicity that has fathers and mothers, both parents in the household, are Asians. And statistically, they do a lot better uh, academically than mm-hmm. any other ethnicity. I can see so that. So that, uh, that would have to be related because they have such high standards yeah. in and their culture. That's, that goes back to that earlier statement that I made. Like, I think families should be a lot closer than they are today. Like, Asian culture still holds that, uh, where the the grandparents and whatnot are very much incorporated into the family life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have super high standards, too. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. But, yeah, that goes back to that whole disappointment thing. Because mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite things to do is come home with something my dad was interested in like computers or science or something and having like a's in in the class that was my favorite thing to do like hey look i i I relate to you Mm -hmm. right yeah spend Um, more time with them yeah yeah and my kids both of them get a's and b's all 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 day long Uh, and they know that i'm a big fan of education like mm-hmm. i'm constantly talking to them and teaching them whatever i can all that good stuff so you're, you're a nerd and they're trying yeah. to be a nerd too and like hey dad exactly. i'm a nerd too yeah 
they love coming home being like i like math yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all right let's do math no let's play a video game right yeah. <laughs> i've had enough of but that. that's awesome though you yeah. know that's that, you you see that actually playing out yeah and that's amazing that's yeah I, i've never thought about these things keep going I, i'm so, digging this number five last one <laughs> uh boost self-esteem and empathy yes yeah you um you have more empathy when you have both parents especially a father having that influence on that you get a little bit more time with both parents in the house with to to teach the kids and you get to see their reactions and things like um you know i've i've had to sit my kids down uh both of them at different times like hey do you understand what you just did do you do you understand how you made that other person feel Mm -hmm. um like think about it from their point of view um and you know sometimes in my punishments i do what they did back to them and i do it in uh uh an exaggerated way usually to speed up the process um but you know they get that feeling on the other side of it being on the other side of it yeah and and they know what i'm doing um my son hates it (laughs) (laughs) i wonder why it works (laughs) but i mean yeah 100 percent. like having i mean i think that goes with number two where it said uh promotes social emotional and cognitive development too i mean number two will develop the self-esteem and and empathy yeah 100 percent. that that is and i'm always constantly telling them you know you're you're not perfect quit trying to be the best and all that good stuff there's always somebody better than you mm-hmm. stop trying to be the best because if you always think you're the best well nobody's gonna like you first off and number two you never have anything to strive for right, right? you never you can't get better if you are the best just know that there's always somebody better than you keep looking out for it keep challenging yourself mm-hmm. keep trying to do better if you think you're the best there's nowhere to go. All right. right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can absolutely see that too. So, so going, going back to this uh, yeah, situation with this guy, um, that he is now going to prison mm. now that this little girl lost her sister, who's she going to grow up with, with all these statistics of this, how, how fathers can boost these children's lives in so many different ways. She does not have this anymore. It's taken away. Yeah. And not saying that stepfathers uh, don't have this same type of positive role, this you, positive influence. It's just so much more. Hard. Even that's going to be hard. Like, could you imagine being the mother in this situation and then oh, going man. on dates? Like, do they ever talk about by her? The way, no, no, oh, man. Um, but like, could you imagine like going on a date and the girls, the the lady you're on a date with is like, oh, by the way, my son murdered or my my ex husband murdered my my child. Yeah, and I want you to meet my like my daughter. My Please other, don't talk about it. I think <laughs> my other like, kids mm. are kind of sensitive of that. Yeah, that's that's so that, hard. Yeah, I mean, where, would you? What where, is she going through right now? Where? 
where does that come up in the conversation first off at what point do you get told that like well th- there's going to be a point where this this little girl grows up 10 yeah. 12 years old she can be like was well, this my fault she's going to start having these oh these yeah types if she's of not doubts. already yeah yeah exactly and like what it doesn't say is, is what triggered his episode because it could have been something that she said honestly because bipolar there's different right, triggers it could be anything it could literally be she forgot to clean a fork or mm. whatever the problem like she could have said hey dad i don't want to go to bed right now hey dad can i have some ice cream like i can't imagine what happened there um it could have been that the older daughter the 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 one that he killed protected the younger one mm-hmm. and that's how she got away it, there's so many different scenarios that could have played out here none of them leave that six-year-old in a mental state to support this none of them mm. like she's Can't gonna imagine. be 10 11 years old going into sixth grade destroyed if she makes it to sixth grade yeah and the mother on top of it god bless her hopefully she doesn't get bullied later in high school oh yeah anyone mm. your daddy did i i can only see those kids now kids are so freaking mean hopefully i mean i've never heard anyone go stoop that low but it's got to be you out there. obviously weren't in schools that my uh size yeah, of mine. i was i was getting bullied but it was more people throwing stuff at me whatever and and you know i did school after junior year and I started yeah. ditching it and I was like I'm not taking this you know but it was never of like of course we don't really knew anybody who's who even went through anything related to this um but I, I can't imagine somebody stooping that low but yeah I can if anyone's trying to look for a laugh or something and be popular I guess they'll do anything yeah they will say the they will say the most horrible things that they could think of to get a rise out of anyone um, I've seen it. it. It is awful. Um, on situations like this too, like we even had Ted Bundy, the yeah, the, the the serial, whatever. He um he went to my high school. He went to my uh, my middle school too. Oh like, really? He yeah. His lockers obviously were, before you though. Yeah, 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 way before me. Um, his lockers were all welded shut. Nobody was allowed to even what? use his lockers and whatnot. No yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, it I was mean, a thing. So that always, oh, like, weird. it was always a, a thing. If Just you were new lockers. to town. Yeah, right. Well, they didn't want the numbers to be associated with anyone else. Like, they didn't want, kids are mean, dude. Could you imagine, like, they gave you Ted Bundy's locker because they think you're Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah they're they're so mean um we we have a completely new school like they still have it welded shut like they're not even the same lockers anymore or anything like it's not even the same building anymore they still won't do it because they they know that those stories are there they know that all the stuff is out there all that good stuff so um yeah those kids are freaking mean dude um yeah i've been praying for her nonstop too but i mean what do we do with the mom like i can't imagine any guy going like yeah let me go meet her yeah i mean Um, i mean even even walking with her through through this like not in yeah not trying to intend anything but just to walk with her i mean 
bring so, her in the church. I know, you know, we'll support her, all that good stuff. But I mean, it, it, even if my wife, she, if she ever, you know, is going through anything, I'm more of the the solution type. Like, let yeah. me let me try to find this, you know. And you you can't put that into that situation for that no. for that woman. You literally just have to be silent and just be there. Yeah. Until she starts asking Cook questions, her some food. You know, do stuff I around mean, her and just kind of listen, I, I, keep her active, doing stuff. Like, I would not, I could not be that person. Like, look, I, I don't know what to say. Just, yeah, Jesus, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I am bad with death, dude. I am so bad with it. <laughs> I'm, I get super awkward. Because um, you don't know how to handle it, right? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of a, so. I, I don't. So with my anxiety and things, like I don't like attention because it puts me in a position where I like forget myself, right? Yeah. Um, and that, you don't want to mess up. That's what really makes my anxiety go crazy is when um, when I'm being watched kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is really weird because I've been streaming and, you know, podcasting and content creation. <laughs> Behind it's, the camera yeah, though, right? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't turn camera on when I'm streaming, but when I do, it's like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know what you're right. here for. You're in control of the situation, yeah. right? Yeah, and I can mute myself. I can I can stop this at any moment. And, it's not a serious deal. Right. It's, yeah, but uh, even when like I'm getting praised at work or something, and and they put me on the spot and I have to say thank you, like I don't know how. Right. Like, yeah. 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 I've I've been there because I've I was I grew up almost like a only child, so yeah. every Christmas I'm the only one opening presents, and like <laughs> yeah, having two people just like stare you down opening presents you're like well this is just weird yeah so that even as an adult i'm just like my birthday whatever throw any everything in the car so you don't have to watch me have a reaction because i'm not gonna have the reaction that you expect you know or i'm not gonna say something that you expect me to say yeah and i just don't want to deal with that right now (laughs) and my birthday's on christmas too right yeah so i've never had that by myself moment it's always been me and my sister and we do everything together like at least it's a divided attention no it isn't like we would open presents together nobody's watching us we're just doing it oh okay right it's never been like a formal thing in my house so um and it was always my parents we always knew they were you know same them yeah (laughs) right Pretty sure my kids know. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, but, uh, you know, that whole situation. But you know, I've never had that attention um, on me, just like solely on me at all. So when I, in those kind of deathy situations and whatnot, like I, I don't, I don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but how do I, mm-hmm. like, I have empathy. I have sympathy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to ex- how to express it. Yeah, which in- amplifies my anxiety a lot, and then the increased anxiety makes me for like forget words and whatnot, and like it, it gets really like, bad. Ah, yeah, it gets real bad. Uh, but like, I mean, you know, so she she to needs to she needs to walk with somebody. Yeah, she needs to find a church who who is equipped enough to handle these type of conversations in this scenario i mean i wouldn't be able to do that i think our church would be great at that yeah right we have a bunch of people that are we have a steven ministry who walks with people through tough times in their life we have grief share 
who uh, are, are ministers who have went through classes to help people with death in the family. Um, so, so there's people who do. Yeah. Back to my original question. How do we, knowing that, you know, we have those services in our church and whatnot, how do we get them to our church? How do we, how do we help these people? What do we do? I think it's more of a, you know, if, if, if it's laid on this person's heart to, to reach out to any victim of any, anything to, to send an open invitation and not saying that like, Hey, I'm not expecting any answer. Not, you know, on your own time, there's somebody who loves you. There's a father out there that's perfect and loves you. Just come, come find out, you know, we're, we're here talk, you know, open invitation. I'm not even looking for a yes or no. I'm not just on your own time, you know? And so they don't have that, uh, another thing that they have to worry about. Another thing that they have yeah. to think about, um, in, in their own time, they could try to find the answers to whatever they're going through. Um, that would be amazing, um, to, to, to keep doing that. Cause maybe she, she doesn't, you know, she's too focused on this scenario. How am I supposed to take care of my daughter now? How am I supposed to carry this family yeah. and keep on moving forward? And, and for your inviting, she's probably not even aware of anything, you know, until months later and you can invite again. Mm-hmm. You know, just know that there's people there would help. Now, as the, as the general public, what do we do? Um, go, going back to those statistics, we need to love our family a lot more. We need to be active a lot more. Obviously, there's statistics out there that line up with behavior disorders, line up with school stuff, and for them to grow up, you know, go like I was asking what this guy's upbringing was he could have a great family not saying that there's no statistic out there that both parents you will never have a disorder that doesn't exist you know there's always statistics out there that no matter what you're still these people still have this actual disorder Mm -hmm. that's a real thing not a made-up thing um so it's still out there but i'm sure it dies it down a lot more to have both parents and act active parents I, i just want to emphasize on that active um so i don't know what this guy's upbringing was what does active mean to you oh active like i'm just curious because now now that i'm thinking about it like uh, i get caught up in your situation right not having your dad in your your home and your life and whatnot was my dad active so I, i i say active as in I, I fall into this trap where men will go home, watch TV, unwind from this long day of work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're drinking a beer, whatever that is, to unwind. And your kids are coming up to you, your wife's coming up to you, you're like, I'm, I'm trying to watch TV. You know, I'm, I've had a long day. I'm yeah, tired. Yeah. You know, that is an absent father. If you're doing that on a daily basis, an active father is talking to your kids Hey, how's school? Like you're you're at the dinner table. You're you're talking to them. How's your day going? Like, what'd you learn today? Um, All right, sc- so, sports. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna go to your soccer game. I'm gonna go to your yeah. football game, and I'm gonna cheer for you. And I'm gonna come back, and we're gonna toss the football around. Whatever whatever that is, it's it's actually being present and mostly undivided attention to your kids right. and, and your family. 
you know, you need to put that phone away. You need to put that TV away and, you know. So uh, uh, the streamer I keep talking about, the, the, the one that I follow a lot and, and started, you know, supporting him financially because I, I, I support what he does mm-hmm. and all that good stuff, right? I play on his server and, you know, blah, blah, blah. His best friend, um, they do a lot of streams together and whatnot too. His best friend mentioned a couple weeks ago that with his kids, if they come in and say, hey, dad, I want to do this. His immediate response and his promise to himself and his family is he will do anything his kids come in and say they want to do. So if they come in and be like, I want to go kickboxing. I want to learn kickboxing. The next day, they're going out to sign up for a kickboxing class. If they come back and say, I want to learn how to drift car race. Yeah, because they're going to always what change. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and he, he promised himself that he was going to do anything and everything that his kids come home. Within reason, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, his kids come home and be like, I want to do this they're going to do it together mm-hmm. and they're every every single time um they're That's they're older teens now and he's held up to that and right now they're kickboxing and he's trying to get the streamer i watch to go kickboxing and they're not the most athletic of people <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny but i i i recognize that as something i kind of do um I, I steer away from it a little bit but because my you know my son's got the habit of like uh he wants things that he sees and mm-hmm. once he has it he doesn't want it anymore yeah because uh, now you have it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i stopped trying to do it uh, a lot of the time but yeah maybe there's more objects yeah maybe. yeah he likes to collect objects he has he has like a fear of missing out yeah. like he wants to he wants to have it because he feels like it would be cool if he did almost kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and I'm trying to stop that. So I stopped getting him everything he asked for. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's an amazing kind of feeling that, I mean, as a father, like I'm doing stuff with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I'm doing is with him and for him. And even when I'm doing stuff separate, it's because of him and, all that good stuff. And, and my daughter too, like he's older. So he gets to, you know, have first dibs on, um, you know, growing up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he grows into things faster than she does. So, uh, he, he tends to get the stories, right. Yeah. Uh, and she follows along, but, um, absolutely for her too. Like I treat them both equally and they both get, all of my attention and all that good stuff. And it's absolutely amazing. I can't imagine why someone would not want that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get caught I mean, up too, you know, you go home, you're like, man, I just want to unwind. You're not there. Yeah. And, you know, as, as someone who, who come from a broken family, comes from a toxic family and you are aware of that toxicness, that that is wrong. We have to be game changers. We have to break these chains of passing down this generational yeah. curse. So let me ask you this. You said you fall into this trap sometimes. What does unwinding do for you? What are you sitting there having a beer, watching TV, whatever? Literally nothing. Yeah. Like, like I'm still tired when I go to bed. This yeah. is like three hours later I'm watching TV and I was like, all right, time for bed. I'm still tired. Yeah. 
So what if you watched a movie with your daughter when she's old enough, of course? Say it's a movie that she wants to watch. Why not watch it with her? And see, this this that like, goes back to to a friend of mine. Uh-huh. He, him and his wife are arguing, and he he watches football like all the time. Yeah, he watches TV almost all the time. Okay, and so the the wife always nags him, say, "Hey, you know, you need to be off TV. You need to spend time with your with your with your son." And he's like, "Well, this is how I bond with my son." And you know, he's trying to talk to me about. He's trying to, you know vent to me and talk to me about this and I said look if you're bonding with your son over football watching football talking about it whatever you that's that's okay that shouldn't be the only thing but that's okay as long as you're not doing it by yourself and your son's doing something else and you never see him you you need to have that and be like hey son come, come here let me let me teach you football you know bring your son into bring your daughter into whatever that is you have to bring them in and, t- and be But it's got to be more than watching it, though. Right. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, that, that that's a whole nother... Yeah, that's, like, that's what I what I fear in that situation. If the wife is only seeing the watching it, and all they're doing is sitting in front of the TV watching it, and they're never talking about it, and never talking about who they think is better, and all the players that are coming in, you know, the whole not draft even that. experience. Let's go to the backyard and throw a football. That too, yeah. like yeah. that. The conversations can be there. There's so much to do with that. Yeah, of course you can you can bond over football. Yeah, but if all you're doing, like if you're doing that all internally for yourself and just watching it with your son and never having those moments, never teaching him about fantasy football, and that, yeah, uh, like there's Being so active. much that yeah. that topic can cover. And if all you're doing is watching the games, you might still as well just. Out. You might as well be watching a black screen. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Or him being in a whole nother room. Yeah, it, that that would not make a difference if he was in his own room playing video games. Yeah, you know, like we being active goes beyond. That's right. Just doing one thing and that's it. That's right. Like as even if you're just talking about it and you're still having conversations over football or whatever the the subject is that you decide. Hey, you know, we're doing. It has to go even beyond that. I mean, that's not even bonding that much. That's a that's a good start, I guess. If yeah, you still come from a toxic family, if you know, you're trying to relate, you know, that that should go beyond that. Like, hey, you know what? We're watching football. And, you know, there's commercial or halftime, whatever. You want to go out back and throw football? Sure, let's go. And then you you really relate. Hey, yeah. how's, how's school? Like that's it gets even deeper than that. You need to not just talk about football. You need to not just watch football. Yeah. It has to go beyond that. Actually get to know them. You know, relate. Yeah. And that's any category. But that's that's just the example of the football thing. That's anything. Absolutely. 100%. And same with video games. Like, you may even be playing, actively playing with your kids. But you got to do something, too. Yeah. Like, it can't just be that one thing like you got to be teaching them something you got to be talking to them use it as a facility to have them open up and trust you like they're growing up and when they hit certain ages they're going through puberty life is changing stuff is happening you're trying to find out who they are yeah um and and you're not supposed to be their friend right you're supposed to be a parent but you're also supposed to be somebody that they can trust. Right. And you got to open that door to where they know that they can walk through it for anything and for everything. 
um, you know, give them the opportunity to come to you and maybe experiment if they want to, you know, try marijuana. Open that door. Let them know. Yeah, come to me first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll go out and and I'll show you what it's like, and and we'll do it together so where you can be safe, right? Mm. Within reason, of course. But like, give them that opportunity. So it takes away that peer pressure thing, right? Like, if they want to do it, they have a place to do it. Mm. Like, the worst thing that they can do is go into an uncontrolled situation where somebody that may not have the best of intentions is getting them to do it and and you know that's I, I would still I would, I would still disagree with that with that practice I mean but that's a whole it's a whole thing I, but they should be comfortable enough with you to come and talk to you about talk it. To it, you. it it's the yeah. thing like oh uh no we we can't do that because x y and z let me show you this like it it opens that door is what i'm trying to say like maybe it's a cigarette whatever like talking to them about it and getting them to the point where they they know that they can come to you with that situation like if they feel they want to do it give them something that tells them they can come and talk to you about it like right. they're not gonna I, get in I, trouble yeah. to talk to you about yeah it. yeah and and maybe it is something like a cigarette or something that opens that gap where they know they're not going to get in trouble like there's there's got to be some element of trust there like you're the you're the uh the the the, the, the punisher right yeah you're not supposed to be the one i come to you about stuff i'm not supposed to be doing yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. it's like a, a uh, god with adam and eve where if, if eve picked it up and be like hey hey god what would what, you would you say about this you know is this okay yeah. or bad you know, I just found it on the ground, you know. Yeah. Should I, does it come from this? You know, and then God would be like, all right, look, that you don't put that down. You know, right. something where, where you could trust and be like, hey. Yeah. There's something. I'm tempted. What should I do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I it, definitely agree with that. So, I mean, there, there's something has got to open that door up for him. And yeah. I, you as a parent and, and listeners as parents and whatnot, you make that decision on what that looks like. But. I mean, it's got to be within reason, but, you know, open that door and, and get them to trust you. Let them know you have experiences, too, mm-hmm. and, and you can help them, and they can come to you, and you can teach them. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, that, that that would save them, to, to go back to the, the topic, to, that would save them from substance, substance abuse, going to, for years, going to yeah. distorting their mind, and then having these mental illnesses later in life. Yeah. That that they don't understand reality anymore because they were never checked. Right. They were never disciplined or active parents mm-hmm. to tell them what's right and what's wrong. You know, and that 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 is a development that could happen. Now there's 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 stuff that happens uh, naturally when you, when you're born. Okay, you schizophrenia off right off the bat or what whatever that is. I don't know if it does happen, but. There are disorders that come from, from birth, but to, to, to help with the ones that come later in life, we have to be active parents. Yeah. We have to be these, these people well, to tell you what's right and wrong. In the whole bipolar situation, some of those um, diagnoses come from like uh, 28 years old, come as late mm. as like 28, 32, somewhere around there. there. There's, I forget the range, but you know, they are 
diagnosed later in life so it absolutely could happen but that support system still needs to be there like if if he had let's say an old traditional family where the the grandparents were there would that have happened he says that he's away from his family most of the time because of his illness where is he yeah what what is he doing like what yeah. what's what's surrounding him because even the bible says whatever you put in will come out yeah. so where where does where, what is he putting in where where is he out throughout the day right what, what where is his is he building a trust system is he going to church is he actively um, trying to be better than he was yesterday is he what about like, faith what where does where does faith come in into yeah. this mental illness I don't want to say this is because he was godless and take away from his diseases and whatnot, but like, if he was actively a Christian and he was at home and built his support system and he still didn't trust himself with his daughters alone, I personally would have somebody there with me. Yeah. I mean, because now you're living above approach. Yeah. Right. My support system would be helping me. Well, and then we got to define what what is a Christian, right? Because like what we said before, as a Christian, you strive to be like Christ-like. Yeah. So, so to to do that, he was holy. You mm-hmm. got to try to be holy. And First Peter one fifteen sixteen, but he who called you is holy. You also be holy in your own conduct, since it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." And so we have to check ourselves. All right, what is not holy? Okay, man, I'm I'm going to bars a lot. You know, I mean, as as a yeah, a person who doesn't have mental illness. So so you got to like check your your life and be like, all right, this is not holy. This is not holy. How what, what does holy look like in that situation? Okay, I don't I don't do this. I don't do this in this situation. Okay, I I do have some anger issues. That's a whole nother, that's, that, that could, that could last for a couple more years. You mm-hmm. try to have to, to sharpen, but for, for this situation right here, right now, I got to see my daughters. So like you said, got to live above approach, got to bring somebody with you. Um, that's just building more and strengthening yourself to be Christ-like because you're living above approach. As Paul was saying in, was it first Timothy two and three? Gotta love above approach. Of course, mm-hmm. he's talking about leaders, but this is anybody and everybody to be Christ-like. Yeah. We have to try to be holy. We are called to be ministers. So, how how many each people, and every one of us, with these disorders, read their Bible every day, pray every single day, yeah. meditate on the Word every day, um, and, and it's hard because you're you're so wrapped up in your own mind and your own world. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard, but you have to try. We all have to try. It's all somewhat hard and everyone's lives to to do this on a daily basis until you get that habit of doing it so i guarantee you he probably wasn't going to church of course oh, i yeah, could always be sure because i don't know the guy but i guarantee he's probably not going to church he's probably not reading his bible he's probably not finding a um, support group or some type of facility that would help him before he makes this right this decision um you know, and, and like you were saying before, that people with these type of disorders, they supposedly say they blacked out and mm-hmm. they don't remember mm-hmm. and they wake up or whatever. And it's, could we prevent that? 
like as as that person could he have prevented him from blacking out we maybe leaving the situation yeah maybe leaving we, whatever we could never really truly know but start I mean, get to know yourself what are your triggers least, yeah what are your triggers if whatever triggers you you see it beforehand walk the other way Absolutely. live above approach um i mean that's just something trying to sharpen your mind or meditating at least communicate the triggers like hey you know yes i have this thing yeah. guys uh kids you know i'm I trying to work thing. on it but it's a it's, it's a, a real thing. disease it's an issue um just know that these things are the triggers that make daddy um go a little um it's angry go a little, sometimes. Go a little weird. Yeah. Uh, and it could be weird. It could be silly. It could be angry. Um, I don't know. We'll never know until it happens. Was Was he married? That that they were actively married, right? At the, at this moment, it, it doesn't say. So if say if they were, he needs to say, "Hey, these are my triggers." Obviously, yeah. you're you know you're still married, so it should be pretty easy to right. come up with this type of conversation. And so then she, on her own time, when he's not around, say, "Hey." Daddy deals with this. Actually, he he was away from the family, so yeah, that, he, that he says not. he's actively a lit way. Um, so probably get a third divorce or something when he has episodes. But maybe. still, I mean, you should still have this conversation. Hey, um, I need you to be around me yeah. when I see them, and these are my triggers. Yeah, 100%. so she understands. Like, oh, all right, girls, let's let's go. He's we just triggered him, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. She could do it subtly, you know. So as they grow up, she she could teach them like hey as they get older reveal more of the truth Definitely. later but that's what i'm thinking too but like, to to communicate to to be more in your bible and then the, the the families who are still engaged who are not dealing with this right now we could prevent our kids by being more active teach yeah. our kids like hey this is what a family looks like this is how people should act as, as a family, you have your own standards. Yep. Set those standards. Teach your kids those standards. You know, that's, that's what I love about you, too. You you talk to your kids. You teach them life. You know, I, I hope, and I got to keep being sharpened, <laughs> but when, when my daughter gets that age, I would hope somebody checks me if I'm not doing that. Yeah. Say, hey, dude, what are you doing? It's It's really easy not to. I'll say that I have my moments where I forget and, and I go on, you know, moments where I like to be by myself. But uh, yeah, it, cause if I'm not it, there, she's going to grow up. She's going to have insecurity. She's going to have anxiety, yeah. depression, all these other things. Then she's going to raise her kid with that kind of mindset. Yeah. Then they're going to top that with something else. And those kids are going to have kids mm-hmm. and then it's going to be pff, disastrous. There's going to be multiple things, so many things, social anxieties or whatever like it's it's going to be topping that so yeah to prevent that from your grandkids and your great grandkids let's yeah. be active now yeah so uh we got to wrap up we are way over time <laughs> uh, so hours. if you're still listening <laughs> definitely appreciate you it's almost two hours it's an hour and a half um so if you're still listening we absolutely appreciate you and you know as a final word um i'll say as Christian men, um, you know, look around you, look at the people you're around, look at the people that look like they need help and do the Jesus thing that we're supposed to do, 
to strive to be like Jesus and not reach out to the easy person. Um, but look for the people that actually need our help and try to help them. And it could be just as simple as starting a text message thread with them, talk to them like once a day, give them words of encouragement. And, you know, we need to sharpen each other. And maybe you just might be the difference in, you know, saving a child's life. Um, mm. it, it, we absolutely have to start building our community back up and, and fixing some of these community issues. Uh, I wholeheartedly think this is a community issue, not a police issue, not a, not a marriage issue. It's a community issue. And all those different issues are stemming from this one foundational thing. We are not helping each other. So, you know, look out for those people and, and try to lift somebody up and, uh, pray for not just the victims of these issues, but the, the people that commit these issues, the, 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 the people that do these victims wrong. In this case, the father that, that murdered his child. I mean, it's, <laughs> I can't even imagine being that father. So, um, I'm sure, you know, you, you, most of you are like me too, and can't imagine being in his shoes when he wakes up. So pray for him and, and pray for the family too. And, uh, you got anything you want to say or you want to praise that? Uh, yeah, I would say if, if you have any advice, message us, if you have any comments, message us, if you have a, a praise of you did something and, and it turned out great. And you just want to share, hey, I did this. It could it could help a whole bunch of other people. Whatever whatever that is, just just message us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If 100%. you're professional and you have any statistics, uh, strategies, whatever, message us. Thank you. Hundred percent agree. Lord, uh, thank you for everyone who's listening. Thank you for our families. Thank you for giving us. Um, people around us you're doing so much around us lord open our eyes open our hearts to where you need us um open our eyes to the people who who, who need you so we could share that share you with them lord mm-hmm. thank you for everything it's in your son's name amen, amen.